0: Welcome to another week of It's Just My Thoughts. And I'm your host, Mika Reeves. And today I'm joined again by Elena. So What's hey, Elena. Up, y'all?
1: hey, thanks for having me back on. Last time was a lot of fun. So I'm
0: ready again. All right. Yeah, we're about to chop it up. And I also wanted to, um, we're going to talk about our week, but I also wanted to talk a little bit about some feedback that I got last week. So, my first thing in regards to the Jacob Blake uh, uh, situation, Um, When I make comments on here, it's me literally speaking from my thoughts. And so uh, when it comes to the Jacob Blake thing, I know that's a situation that I think people are like really kind of questioning, like, um, you know, because they felt like with his track record that um, he wasn't really a decent human being. And um, I will say, like, I read the article that Times put out in regards to like what he was accused of doing and, you know, um, allegedly, you know, raping a woman and things like that. And that's something that I didn't really speak on because I didn't really feel like at the moment that it really mattered because, and I'm going to say why, I think sometimes when we have these situations where the cops shoot somebody or the cops do something to somebody, we always dig up what what kind of character does this person have? And I never understand why does the character of the person really matter when the cops are there to protect and serve. And if somebody's not attacking you where they're trying to take your life, I, I don't get where we feel like the cops or they feel like, they can just take someone's life, you arrest a person, and you take them to go in front of a judge and do whatever and let, um, you know, the law do what it's going to do. And that was my point in the situation with Jacob Blake, I'm not speaking on what he might have done. I'm speaking on the fact of, why are you trying to execute, execute this man? Like, as if that's your job, when that's not your job. You know, they automatically shoot, you know, black people You know, like the guy in California, that was just last week. I think they shot him like 20 something times. Why are we shooting people in this way towards execution instead of trying to arrest them? And that's more so the issue that I have, not necessarily about the person, um, you know, because if you do wrong, I do personally feel like black, white, whoever, if you do wrong, you should be, um, you should be arrested. You know, you should let the law do what it's going to do. But I don't believe that it's right for um, a common man, you know, a cop to make the decision that, well, this person did this, so I'm going to kill them. I don't think they have the right to do that. And so that was more so the opinion that I was given, but I do appreciate the feedback though. Um, so I just wanted to just kind of start by talking about that. And Elena, how was your week? My week was pretty
1: good. I just think that, you know, more and more I'm seeing people out without masks and in the club and- girl. And it just baffles me because I'm like, oh, are we, we back there? I just, uh, I don't think we are. And people are, I believe, being a little bit too cavalier, um, too comfortable with the fact that, you know, that there hasn't been a lot of talk about COVID in the media. Although I get notifications every day, this is your COVID update. This is what you need to know about COVID today. So to me, it's still very real, but it just seems like everybody's
0: starting to get a little bit too comfortable. I like, felt that I way, play. even in like, uh, like going like with like the end of the summer or, and uh, I felt like more and more, um, people are just tired of wearing masks. And it's kind of weird because, um, I think I was talking to somebody the other day and I was like, when did wearing a mask become so fucking political? It's like ridiculous. Like now you see, yeah. um, you know, all the, um, uh, what's the word I'm trying to say? The um, Like the Biden posters and all that stuff, like where it's like, you know, he's in support of the mask, you know? And then you have, um, when you see like other like uh, political commercials and stuff where it's like, we're not gonna make you wear a mask. And I'm like, what <laughs> in the world is going on? Like, I'm like, it's a mask to save your life or well, potentially could save your life. And In North Carolina, you know, we're still increasing here. And mm. so it make you really scared. Like it's made me be like, well, I'm going to stay more in the house, you know, Than like I was already in the house. I'm pretty much still in the house, but it makes me even more feel like I'm going to be in the house because people are out here wilding out. Right. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. I I don't know. And I think this is a good conversation because today we're going to be discussing self-care. And so I think this is, uh, is more and more the reason why you need it, because I think with everything going on, it's, it's, it gives you a heightened, <clears throat> excuse me, heightened stress, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. For sure. And anxiety, so it's crazy. All right. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Um,
1: no. I mean, these days, I just really am still missing traveling, honestly. Um, I just really wish I could go somewhere. And also, this whole... Because last time we talked about dating... And so, um, you know, kind of the conversation that we just had about the mask and dating and, um, I'm still doing online dating and, um, it's still tragic just to update you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I don't know, like guys want to give, they want me to give my number out, like immediately. I feel like they do this with everybody. So I'm not saying I'm anything special, but I just don't. Understand because I'm like, okay, if 50 guys ask me for my number, um, that's 50 random people who are just gonna be hitting me up, what you doing? How you, I mean, no conversation whatsoever,
0: right?
1: And, um, some dudes, when I tell them back, like, hey, this is not comfortable for me, um, they're okay with it, and some guys, like, it's a really big deal to them, and I just have a hard time understanding. And then there are some where I'm like, yeah, I really do want to meet you out, but it's COVID right now. So
0: And I I don't know how how dating would work right now. Like like really trying to meet somebody and do all that stuff because I mean I feel like nowadays you have to sit and ask people where where you been, what you've been doing, who you've been (laughs) around, like, you know, like have you been around people? You know, I like I I I don't know. I, I feel like I'm like a lot of my friends surprisingly like have gotten COVID tests where it makes me feel like certain people, like I actually feel really comfortable being around them because I know that they're negative. Um, And I know that, you know, obviously I know that I'm negative. And so, um, you know, you feel safer, but yeah, the number thing though, I've never online dated. So, um, but you're not the first person to tell me that. And I don't really know why that is like, why do they want um, automatically just want your phone number? Like, why can't you talk through, the app exactly they're like oh
1: i don't get on here much and i'm like are you on dial up it's on your phone i don't understand how it's different from you opening your text messages versus an
0: app so when you give your number are you talking on the phone or are you texting still still
1: texting most of the time oh yeah that's crazy i don't know so i do have a google number and i i give that out because you know you can just block them and keep it moving and I don't have to change my phone number. But even that it then it feels and I'm like, okay, I don't know if this goes somewhere. How do I transition? Oh, here's my real number. <laughs> I I mean, that I don't is not like a huge deal, you know. It's just way too much access to me. Um But
0: I feel like I don't think that that would be weird if somebody said, you know, when I was when I talk online I use this google number just for you know my protection because you are a woman Mm -hmm. and then you know I want to see where it's going first and then when it go you know if it goes to a place that you want to go or you guys want to talk deeper you just be like here's my real number
1: yeah and most people I think I would never be weird about that I would understand that and I think anybody who was like truly into somebody at that point would be would be understanding yeah yeah
0: well good luck girl Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's just jump into some Motivational Monday. Um, today, I just have a journal entry. And I want you to spend, you know, five or 10 minutes just writing down what gave me joy today. Um, this episode this week is going to be on self-care. So I want to kind of start the episode with us just reminding ourselves of the simple things that, you know, make us happy and what, you know, make, brought you joy today. So let's just do that for a Motivational Monday. So my black excellence this week uh, last week, I don't know what day it was. I was actually really shocked. So this week, I saw that Niecy Nash announced that uh, she got married to a woman, which like shocked the world. And um, and I think it was shocking because she just finalized her divorce. I think like in March or April um, from her husband. I think she was married like ten years, so that kind of surprised me some. But it but it didn't. Um, I think some people. Um, from my understanding, Nisi Nash loves to be married and she, you know, and they apparently have been quarantining together and it was just kind of like, why wait, let's just go ahead and do it. I don't think I ever could be that person, but I think that's pretty cool to not care about what people think, considering, you know, she was married for like, what, 10, 12 years. And I think, I think this is like her third marriage or fourth, maybe I think her third, maybe. So it's kind of cool to still be free and not care about like what people think or what people are going to say. And that's what I thought was pretty cool, and why I want to give it some black excellence because a lot of people can't do that, especially in Hollywood, just standing in their truth, whatever that truth may be. Um, I was shocked though when I saw it though. I, I had to like, I had to go out and Google to see was that really real. I, I was like, is this for a TV show, or is this real, or what is this? And um, and then it started getting retweeted and going viral. So I was like, oh, okay, so this is real. That's pretty cool. So, yeah. I thought that was pretty cool but all right let's just roll into some hot topics we have some good ones here um let's see i don't know which one i want to start on let's start with brianna taylor and just kind of get that out the way so we can go into like the smut of everything else so this week last week sometime um it was really for me it was very disgusting um so Brianna Taylor, I've talked about her quite a few times on here where she was shot in her home um, by a no-knock warrant and the cops came in and shot the wrong person. Uh, literally, we've been talking about this for months. Still no justice for her. Um, just a horrible, horrible story, horrible situation. And what's crazy is, um, you know, apparently, you know, obviously they're being getting heat for charges to be made or something to be done in regards to her. Well, what I thought was disgusting to begin with that, her ex-boyfriend was arrested on drug charges. So I'm like, okay, but I didn't get like, that shit has nothing to do with her. So when he got arrested, why is the headline, Breonna Taylor's da da like, I think we live in crazy times where that's just disgusting to even put up concerning this young lady has lost her life. And so whatever he's done after the fact with her, like after her death it has nothing to do with her. That was my first thing. And so... um, so he was arrested for drugs and apparently they wrote him up like a plea deal where he was supposed to say i guess he would get a certain amount of time if he he said that brianna taylor was in his drug scheme with him so basically just trying to smear her name even in death and i just found that to be horrible what did you think Lena?
1: it's gross and i finished i just last night watched the brianna taylor um i don't know if they would consider it a documentary or um whatnot, but I just finished watching it. So I learned more details than I really um immersed myself in because it, there was just it, it's emotionally draining. Yeah. But um I don't understand why it became a thing where I, I don't see how they so closely correlated her ex-boyfriend's behavior to her either. And in the the documentary they kind of try to make the connection how she was connected to some other um bs i'm not even going to give it any shine time honestly because i i think that um it's semantics like what someone else does does not should not bear so much weight on what you know happens to
0: me you know um and he was a convicted felon but my thing is is that I know plenty of people that, you know, have no record, have nothing, and they give somebody a chance, you know, just because you're a convicted felon um, doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to continue to do um, crime and things like that. And so in in this case, I mean, obviously he was still involved in stuff, but I think sometimes people can give people chances. You see it all the time, where it's somebody that could be um, no record at all, you know, like obviously in her case, you just give somebody a chance. And I don't think you should be judged based on what somebody else has done in their past. That doesn't make sense.
1: Definitely. I, I, I agree, but you know how it is. Guilty by association. So if somebody that, you know, you're rocking with is getting in trouble. They're going to assume that, you know, whoever they're hanging out with has something to do with it too. Um, But it didn't warrant her being killed.
0: (laughs) Right. I agree. But yeah, that's just a really, really... God, when I saw that, I was just like, I feel so terrible for her family. I mean, everyone. Because if, if that was my child, oh my goodness. Oof, Lord, uh, mm, 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 mm. That's just horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. People should be shaming themselves. Like, really. They should be shaming yeah. themselves. All right. So let's just go into it. So another thing that I saw was... So, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, they're going to have a reunion special on HBO Max. I think when I was reading it, it was saying that, let's see, pretty much everyone's going to be there. They're gonna, it's going to be recorded on September 10th, and it's going to be the 30th anniversary of when it first debuted. Now, I wanted to ask you, now, they, they are also doing a reboot of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Do you feel like that some things need to be, like a reboot, like need to be revisited? no. I know. let
1: us just love it the way that it was like the cosby show when they reboot rebooted that mm-mm. it was it wasn't good because it, cosby and show it was
0: rebooted.
1: yes i can't remember what they called it it was but i think um a few people from the original show were on there but it was completely different like I mean, I think it drew people in because, oh, it's the Cosby show. And this is right. years ago. But then when you watch it, you're like, this is not the Cosby that I, that gives me nostalgia. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that sometimes they should just let it it's be. It's just like
0: when they said that they were going to bring back um, Martin. I was a little nervous because, you know, everybody looks different now and everybody's older. And it's like, and now Tommy's passed. And so I was like, you know oh uh, please don't mess it up because I, I still watch the reruns of martin i still watch i still mm-hmm. watch all of that like as if i've never seen them before so um i don't know when he, when they talked about the reboot i was like uh and isaiah the child he um he i think it was last summer he binge watched the whole entire fresh prince like series he never watched it before so he, he binged all of it so he like really 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 loves that show and oh, okay. so I think maybe for him, he probably would like love the idea of a of a reboot, you know. But I think for us, it's different because you know this was like our childhood.
1: Yeah, it's a lot different when you yeah. see something you've you've like reconciled the end. A decade <laughs> a decade goes on, and yeah. you you're like this is this was the end, and this is what I appreciated it to be. But now you want to just like dig it up. But I think you're absolutely right for someone who. You know just experienced it for the first time and this is like a carry-on from the. St- it's like a, a movie sequel for them but for us that's no i i don't want to see that i
0: also want to say that i feel like kids in this generation they get on my they get on my nerves i get on their nerves because <laughs> <laughs> they don't get that too <laughs> I, <laughs> I get on their nerves because i'm always telling them how they don't know how good they got it because when we were young we didn't have Hulu or demand where you can go and watch this stuff. Listen, So we had to really be intentional about being home to watch our shows because you weren't going to catch it no more. Like you weren't, you weren't going to catch it. So you had to make sure like, nah, I can't go nowhere. My show about to come on. You know, this is what it is. And I'm like these kids nowadays, and you might've been blessed with a VCR, but even then like my mom, we had a VCR, but she used to be like, I ain't buying no tapes. What? So you might not even get no tape to record. Like, and then don't let your, don't let your VCR not record when it's supposed to be set up. I mean, it's just, I'm like, y'all don't know the struggle, what we had, the type of dedication we had to have to watch these shows.
1: Listen, and if your parents were like mine, uh, you might not even be able to watch the shows because <laughs> cable, no. <laughs> um, uh, I remember one time like Nickelodeon and a couple of other channels were like free for months. Girl, I was in heaven. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh! I could join it in the conversations at school with my friends. One of my homegirls, though, um, my my parents actually did let me like really hang out with her a lot, and so she would hook me up. Like, she'd be like, "Girl, come over, so we can watch whatever," um, and it would have to be on the weekend, of course, because sometimes they would rerun the shows on the weekend. Yeah. yeah so um i might get lucky and see them then but yeah oh it, if the the streaming sites were out then we wouldn't have those either i don't know though maybe because it, it was cheaper they might have allowed us to have them
0: these kids nowadays have everything like it, it just everything. i mean it's like they don't even understand like the levels i mean even down to having like apple music where you can make a playlist i'm like i used to sit with my radio and record off, of the, uh, record off of the radio, like on a tape. And then Girl. I would sit and ha- with my notebook and go start, stop, start, stop to learn the words to songs. Like, I'm like, <laughs> y'all don't yes. know what we used to go through. And now I'm like, you can literally go to Apple Music, pull up a song, pull up lyrics. And I'm like, they can just make a whole thing. And I'm like, nah. And then you had to beg your parents to get if you finally got a CD, you had to beg them to give you the um, the unclean version okay you got me CDs I had that was like ping ding what (laughs) what in the world what is this I'm telling you Uh,
1: that is so funny because I really used to think that I was a DJ like I to down to the point where I'm like okay I want this old song and I girl the mixtapes I used to make were so (laughs) ridiculous like I'd be like John P. Key and then it'll go to Pastor Troy and then it'll go to Like, I mean, people still do that, but I was legit doing that back in the day because my mom, she used to say, um, her radio was allergic to anything but gospel. So she would never let me listen, let let us listen to anything but gospel. So I had a very, very diverse, cause I was listening to everything else. Like, you know, the quiet storm, (laughs) like (laughs) midnight in my room, turn it all the way down, so yeah, that they do have it good these days.
0: And I'm gonna, you, I'm gonna tell you one thing that I used to do, and this is this is terrible. going to tell you. So when my mom like went and get me like new um, like tapes, cassette tapes, I would go and steal hers. And I would, and you know, like at the top, if like when you had like the indentions at the top, if you like stick paper in it, it allows you to record over <laughs> the tape. So you know, back in the day, like the tape was like a CD, you know. And so she'll be like, where is my cassette tape? And girl, I done marked it all up in my room and then recorded over it. <laughs> yeah. Like,
1: yeah. wait a minute. If you so, stuck paper
0: on, a, on the top of a cassette tape, there's the little holes. If you stick paper in that, it allows you to rewrite the tape so you can record me, uh, over it. How did you learn how to do that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I did that.
1: That's some Einstein shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who
0: knew to do that? I don't, I don't know, but you yeah, you could. And so like I would take up and I would take some scissors and I would like scratch out like oh what was God. on the tape <laughs> so she wouldn't know that I stole her tape. And so she just replaced her tape. But <laughs> and that's when you think about it, it's really horrible. It really is, because that's a cassette tape probably was like ten, twelve, fourteen dollars or something that I just I don't know. I don't know how much cassette tapes were back in the day, but <laughs> yeah i'm gonna say one more that thing so when i got funny. when i got my freaking walkman i just thought i was a shit too so i'm gonna i'm a to leave that there girl you walk I used around to with, to the, run with, with, with run the portable with cd player in your back pocket and shit and it's like damn a brick
1: girl i used to try to run with that thing and so you take two steps <laughs> boom
0: plug come
1: out can't even hear it no more script, <laughs> cd all scratched up scratched like, up. like and it wasn't my Walkman. I think it was my dad. So I'm like, oh, he's going to kill me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is so hilarious. That is so hilarious. But all right. So while we're still on the topic of music, so last week we saw Toni Braxton come out and say that she did a whole interview and she was just saying that she regret not having more sex when she was younger. Um, you know, as we know, they grew up in a really religious home. And so and I think she got married early too, right? Yeah. I yeah. wanna say. And so when I was reading this, I was talking to Elena and I'm like, Does, do you feel like your whole period has an age?
1: It really doesn't. It doesn't. You can I mean, well, first of all, what is a hoe? <laughs> yeah. I that is a, legit, a good question. Exactly. Because it's like, you know, there Promiscuity—if you're out here like, ow I did this and I did that and I did this—which, even then, I'm like, girl, do you? But at I the think end, when you're
0: irresponsible day, with it, for sure. I never judge people on how many people they have sex with. I think when you like have two, three, four partners maybe at the same time, and you're kind of like bouncing all in between, and maybe like not using protection and things like that, I think that's when it get a little get a little uh, antsy there, a little squirrely yeah
1: but we don't even know those details for real you know what i'm saying (laughs) like i don't know what i really don't know what someone is. i think that ho people get labeled as hoes too too frequently and unnecessarily at times but i don't think that there's an expiration date on it i just think that um when you're older and this may have been something that we talked about i think in our last conversation when you're older you have more to lose. So you're thinking more about, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, really fuck with him like that because if he gets me pregnant, yeah. okay. <laughs> uh, I, I really don't want to be able to say that this is my baby daddy. Like this is, those are the types of things that I think come along with, you know, just being,
0: letting your inhibitions go. I think Honestly. Also for me, like, I think we all have the capabilities of having, you know, lots of sex if you want somewhere up in there. But I think for me, um, I always think about like how I affect others. And I think because I'm like in therapy and I think about these things and talk about these things, I don't think I ever could have like a free period anymore where I'm going to just be out here reckless because I just feel like... um when I was young, you know, I had a moment there, like in college or something where, you know, we all were kind of free for the most part and just having fun. But then later in life, when you start becoming an adult, like a real adult, where you actually have some damn, you know, somewhat self-respect and like actually care about other people's feelings, because I didn't, I ain't gonna lie to you, I've I've told you guys that. Um, You feel bad when people come back later and say, you know, when you did this, it really hurt me. And then when I realized the level of how I affected other people and it could have just been like through sex or whatever, where like, you know, I had sex with them knowing that I didn't want to have a relationship with them, but yet I knew that they probably liked me. And so now that I put so much thought into that, I think my period is over because, you know, I would never want to be hurtful to somebody or, you know, damaging to somebody. And I had a stalker once. And so once I had a stalker, it really kind of was like, all right. Yikes. The stalker was crazy. crazy oh yeah
1: never a good thing um but as far as I can relate to what she's saying about because I I don't think that you could you equate having a lot of sex to being a hoe you know again I guess that's where the definition of hoe comes in but um what she said like (laughs) it resonated with me because I'm like man you know I I just think that there's a level of um confidence that comes with making that decision to just, you know, be free sexually. And um I don't think that at an early age for someone who was in the church like me, and I don't completely know the whole story about Tony Wrexton, but you know, I I get where she's coming from because I mean it was Indoctrinated, yeah. don't have sex, don't do this, don't let mm-hmm. them even look at you, don't yeah. let them breathe on you, girl. And so I just really wish the conversation, this is one of those conversations that should have been had, um, how to safely have sex. And I think that parents are having those conversations a little more. I, I don't even know if it's a lot more these days, but a little more in explaining. Um, you know, the difference between don't do it and be responsible when you do it.
0: Yeah. When I have those conversations with the child, you know, we we have them more frequently now because he's going to college soon. And so I more so give the standpoint of be responsible. I think if somebody would have actually, I didn't have a sex conversation, literally. I think my sex conversation was like, don't fucking get pregnant. Like, I mean, I kid you not. Like, it was kind of just like, you know, you shouldn't be doing this. Don't get pregnant. But it never was a conversation of like, even how you should carry yourself, like as a woman, like what, like, you know, like whatever it just, I never had the, like, even be responsible conversation. And so for him, he's a guy and I, but I always, I treated the same way I would treat a girl. And so people put all this stuff on women, like, which is actually good. We're talking about this because we're going to go on our next thing, but they put so much emphasis on girls, like save yourself, you know, don't do this, don't do that. I'm more, And I say the same thing to him as a young man, because I'm like, don't, don't be out here with a million bodies on you, you know, picking up all these people energy and all that stuff. Like, you know, think about what you're doing. I also point out that if mistakes can happen, so you need to think about the person that you might be doing these things with. Can you see yourself you know, having a baby with this person, blah, blah, blah. And if you feel like it's not somebody that you even would bring home, then it might not be somebody that you might want to have sex with because yep. you know, mistakes can happen. But um, but I'm more so talk from the standpoint of just how you treat yourself, you know? And um, I will say this much, like when I was young, yeah, I had sex and sometimes when i look back on it a lot of, a lot of those times the people the person probably wasn't even deserving and i didn't put much thought in some of the you know sex that i had with certain people and like uh so that's why i understood what she was saying in this article because now when you're older you're going to put thought into somebody getting your vagina you know what i'm saying rather than you know like you said like you have more like less inhibitions like when you're younger but um I don't know. I just think when people talk about sex, like, and I I always say, I'm a loose Christian, so I believe in certain things, but my thought process of religion has changed a lot. Like, I've grown in it to where I have my own understanding of what I think. And I think in this day and age, with sex being everywhere, I don't think it's possible to keep teaching your kids you should never have sex until you get married. Sex is every freaking where. It's all over everything. Well, also because
1: marriage isn't even the um the prize that and also it's not a safeguard right i literally know of someone who was a virgin saved herself i mean was a really good person she still is and um got married her husband obviously knew all this um they had sex this man disappeared on her after they had sex like, and I don't know how long the the courting period was or how long they were engaged. Like, none of that really matters, though, because it's like, she literally was saving herself for marriage. So she got she married got and there. then he ghosted her? Yes. Like, oh, wow. So I don't even know how, you know, she, how that works in the court system. Like, do you get it? A I don't know how you, you divorce know.
0: I think if okay. it is in the first 30, 30, ninety days or something, I think you can get it annulled, and it doesn't even count,
1: okay, so that's that, but you know think that's of terrible. how damaging that is to someone who like has been told all your her life was you know this is like you said the prize this is the this is the promised land that you've been waiting for, and um and again that's not even like the the safeguard to
0: you not getting hurt (laughs) by having sex. Yeah. I just think it's all about how you, I guess it's all about what you believe and how you teach it. But um, let's just go into our next topic because it kind of ties in. So this week we saw um, Pastor John Gray being uh, with cheating allegations again. Um, He had cheating allegations in 2019. Uh, Well, (laughs) He said that it was an emotional affair, um, whatever that means. But uh, I also feel like even if you have an emotional affair, I think personally when you cheat, the emotional affairs be, uh, they, to me, those can be more hurtful than a physical affair. I feel like because if you're talking to somebody and you're getting all emotional with a person and you're, like, and you're getting all connected, you don't think that that's, that's uh, worse than a physical Oh yeah, they're
1: both fucked up, but emotional is absolutely worse.
0: <laughs> yeah. So the thing that the thing that gets me with this one. So let me just give the backstory, and I'm gonna just paraphrase because I'm not reading anything. So John Gray this time was basically uh, talking to a woman who he asked the woman for um, nudes. He asked her to cook for him. I think he I think he did get the news. I think he sent her like two hundred and fifty dollars for like some titty pics or something. Um, What got me with it was this man was in the car with his son, okay, talking shit about his wife to the woman and was talking about how she don't cook and how she feeds the kids pizza every day, asked the son, "Um, don't you want a home cooked meal? And that to me was like, besides the cheating, like the cheating is horrible in itself, especially to be a pastor. And that's what I mean by my thought process on religion has changed a lot because I had to kind of grow up in what I think is like what I think in regards to it, because um, when you're young, you kind of view your pastor as like, you know, this supreme example of walking in God's word and all that. And so for me, I had to start realizing like, he's only just a man. And, you know, I strongly believe in like, Um, I personally, if this was me and I was in Greenville, I couldn't go to his church because you couldn't speak over me and speak to me and you are living foul. Like if you, if you feel like you don't want to be married, I just think you shouldn't be married if you want to go out and do these things. But people, but you know, these pastors and people in the church, they get married because they feel like they have to have this in order to get to these next levels and all that stuff. Like you got to have first lady, you know, but Mm -hmm. like, maybe you shouldn't be married, sir it's disgusting. It is. I mean,
1: so on so many levels, this is one of, he, he is a prime example of why people are turned away from the church. Mm-hmm. And yes, he's just a man. And yes, people make mistakes and they sin. However, um, to your point, like you're leading a flock of people like and in some cases young people who are impressionable and I agree too when I was younger my pastor I mean like oh my gosh I I loved him and he was he was young he had a, a girlfriend who was also young um, but I really really respected who he was as a person but also as a man of God and and for someone who was, again, still very impressionable at that age, like anything could have rocked my um, my belief system. Um, even with other strongholds that I had, like, you know, my parents and mentors around me that were also teaching me how to um, respect the word of God and um, do this, don't do that, you know, just teach me how to be a good person. And But when the person who is supposed to be leading a flock is going astray like that i mean but and, he, and he's not the only person who's sat in that type of power that type of position and has he's done something the, and like he's
0: this. not the only preacher out here and it's, and it happens so much because this is how i teach it in my house i always tell the child that you're gonna see how a person really is when you give them power And you give them money and you're going to see what kind of person they really are. Because I think pastors get this power, you know, obviously the women of the church like flock to it. You know, you see a lot of preachers that have sex with people in a congregation and do a whole bunch of stuff. And it's like my thing is and this goes back to the Tony Braxton thing. It's like you rear women to, you know, be, you know, pure. Uh, you know, hold yourself um, to a standard so you will get a man of God and you get a husband to cover you and be there for you. But it's like, these men I hear just be, um, you know, ratchet. You know, mm-hmm. you you do all of that. And it's like, but it's okay for a man, though. Like, it's like, you, you hear that all the time. Like, that's not something that I teach, obviously, probably because I'm a woman, but you hear it a lot where it's like, oh, a man's going to be a man. Oh, let them be a man. Oh, they cheat on you right now. Well, that's just them being a man, but they'll, you know, get out their system and get it together. Like, it's not okay I don't care how old I am like I don't want to be cheated on you know like it's just like it's not okay and so when I talk about sex and things like that and just like responsibility of it I talk about that piece too like don't be a piece of shit you know think think about what you're doing you know and and also from the standpoint of I do believe that when you get started and depending on how you get started you have to know yourself and what you got going on because some people get lost in it like men and I I'm not going to try to say women don't, aren't like this too but I think men and I don't I know people always say I'm male bashing but I'm not but I just think men and their penis they lose all focus in general like I've seen men straight up throw their whole family away for sex for some with somebody difference. I mean you know what I'm saying like I'm like I I'm not gonna risk my whole damn life and my family over some damn random sex over here just because I can't say no or somebody's giving me attention or whatever. But you see it though. There, that they, it just makes them weak and it makes them just innately weak in general. Like, and that's just how I feel about it. Like, I'm just like, why can't you be faithful? Why can't you, like what? Why don't you have that that moral compass? Like saying like, don't do this. And as a as a preacher you know, you preaching every Sunday and you're preaching, you know, all these things. How do you look at yourself? And even though like I get, he's just a regular man, like, you know, like all of us, but like, how do you look at yourself and still go out there and teach people?
1: Yeah, well, because some people think they're above the law. They think they're above the law of God, the law of the land, whatever the case is. And the first time that I ever saw who he was, was on the Red Table Talk. And they were talking about um, loving through COVID. It was um, Jada. I don't know if Will was on there or not. But I think it was Jada and Will, um, their, uh, their therapist, another couple, and then John Gray and
0: his wife. Oh, I'm going to look that up. And I didn't
1: see that. he was, to me, he was kind of gimmicky. It, it that, and this is just my opinion, of course. But as he was talking, I was like, I feel like he's trying to be more of a comedian and kind of like let that be his fuel than the word of god because i even went and looked him up a little bit afterwards and i'm like because i was like how how did they get on here like who is these people but um <laughs> who, are, who are these people <laughs> how about who this man <laughs> and so i don't know he just he, he seemed like he would easily get caught up in the fame <laughs> So it it wasn't even that surprising to me, but even the apology, I don't know if you watched the video that was connected to the, the link that you showed me, but him sitting on this black stage and talking about like looking in the camera, I messed up and it just, again, seemed like, again, he doesn't seem like he...
0: I, I'm not gonna go into. I, you can't what keep embarrassing him, like. your wife, though. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. And you got children and your family. Yeah, like what in the world? I mean, it's just ridiculous. Because last year when he did it, when he had the emotional affair, because last year I feel like it was worse than this year, um because he was basically telling a woman he was gonna leave his wife and be with her, basically saying that his wife just looks good on paper, but he doesn't really love her and doesn't really want to be with her. Like to me, like if my partner said that about me, like I'd be like, whoa, that's like crazy you know like to even say that to somebody and so then they had that um i don't know if you remember they had that uh vow renewal and he got her like a uh damn what did he get her a a porsche uh maybe like a porsche jeep or something like uh i mean really nice whatever it was um and they got like matching cars and yeah like i'm like but yeah ridiculous so but let me ask you something because we
1: talked about how you know, there's this, everybody paints this picture of you should be this type of woman. Don't be, th- don't do this. Don't do that. And then there's the boys will be boys. But there are also things that men are taught at a very young age um, that I think shapes them into making some of the stupid
0: decisions that they make, uh, they <laughs> you know, just like letting um, them be f- promiscuous. I think a lot of people teach their sons that you, you should have bodies. You know, that's being the right, the right, like, it's like you a right to being a man. Like, it's like you having bodies.
1: Right. So then when it's time to reverse it and the expectation is that you're faithful and you get married, but you've been taught that all of this other stuff is okay for so long. And even the fact that you might step out is okay. Then I think that, and I'm not okaying the behavior of him or any man, please understand that. But I just think that, that some of these unlearned and beha- these, some, some of these learned behaviors that need to be reversed it is deeply rooted in these men and explains, and not in, for any good reason, to be clear, explains why some of them just come off as like major fuck ups when it comes to relationships and marriage.
0: I agree. And I also think not seeing um, healthy relationships. I think that has a lot to do with it too. Um, But that doesn't mean that it's not possible, but I do actually really agree with you. Um, I think that's why you see a lot of things, but also I think sometimes um, because of childhoods and because of things going on, you have so many broken men, especially um, in the black community where, you know, you have men growing up without their fathers or you have, you know, I mean, unfortunately, like, you know, we have, drugs that's present in the community, things that break up homes in the community, you know, infidelities and things like that. And it's like, um, I just personally feel like that it takes unlearning when you become an adult. I mean, I think that we should show better examples to our children. That's something I really believe in. um, Because I do think that what, what my parents did when I was growing up definitely shaped me going into my early adulthood. And it took for me to grow up to say, like, okay, like, This is how I identify as a woman. This is what I think I'm solid in that. And I had to unlearn a lot of shit that I learned to be my myself a better person, but myself, fully myself. So I think sometimes when people are out here having kids, and that's why like when I talk to the child, I'm very honest, like brutally honest, because if you're still learning and you're still trying to understand yourself, you are not ready to be engaging in sex and opening the door of a possibility of you being somebody's father when you are not there yet. And so the way I talk about sex is not like, oh, you know, save yourself. Yeah, I, I want you to, but at the same time, I want you to save it to where you understand the magnitude of what you're doing. Not because somebody told me this is cool. This is going to give me some cool points out in the street. So I'm going to do this. No, like you need to do it when you're ready with somebody that is deserving of you, just like I would with a female. Because you have to teach men to care and have self-respect for themselves, to where you, when you're giving yourself to somebody, like you're not just giving it like a thought pocket. Like you actually are putting thought into what you're doing. That's why it's so many broken homes. Because people out here fucking around to levels of like, you know, look at like look so many celebrities you see that have six, seven, eight, nine, ten kids. You know, with diff all different baby mamas. Well, how can you ever give? all of those kids, all of you, how are you going to mm-hmm. do that when you, when you're spread so thin in between all these kids and you're not in the kid's child, you're, like, you're not in the kid's home. Right. And people don't think about that stuff and how that's going to shit. It don't matter if you can give them, you know, monetarily all these things. What are you giving them as far as like a father figure when you're spread so thin and you got five different baby mamas? Right. You know, people right. don't think and, about and that stuff. Has-
1: And there has to be some sort of contention in those relationships too. So, you know, it is very rare if ever all of those baby moms, mothers of the children um, are going to be able to align where their kids are going to have a relationship with each other either. Because not only is it important for the father to be in their life, but like kids should know who their their siblings are as well. Like building those relationships and um, building the foundation of, Um, A family. And that's, yeah, that's impossible to do if, if you're just spreading your seed everywhere.
0: Yeah, I agree. And so I just think that that's what people aren't, that's what I think people don't think about. So when I have the conversations, I'm not necessarily speaking on like, because I think it's unrealistic to sit and say that your kid is just going to be a virgin forever. I just think it's unrealistic. I think you should go about it more on like you said the responsible track and just getting them to put thought into what they got going on in regards to that because honestly i wish that i would have put more thought into what i had going on you know like i mean i still would have sex probably but i think um i think i probably would have waited a little longer to have sex i mean i had sex when i was what 19 um 20 but i think that i probably would have um, put more thought into it for sure. I mean, my, my, my first, um, like real boyfriend relationship, he cheated all over me. He's being completely honest. And it's like, you know, um, and it was damaging. It was more so like, you know, you feel like is a you, and then you start thinking like, well, he's a, you know, he's a man. So this is what they do. I'll give him another chance. And then when you start seeing a pattern of like, I, at this day, honestly, not even to, down this guy I don't even know how many people you cheated on me with but it was enough you know and um I don't know I mean I think people can change but at the same time I'm just like I gave so many excuses for the behavior you know because I just thought that this was a normal thing that's supposed to happen and that's sad to say but I really thought that
1: yeah but the, and also it goes back to say some people do deserve a second chance but and this is a big, but okay. Um, th- you're also teaching them how to treat you Yeah. and, and with someone who's a manipulator and this is something that you may not know, you know, until it's too late, you're too in love with them. Mm-hmm. If this, they're a manipulator and they're like, okay, let me see if she's going to forgive me. Or even we can flip it because women do the cheating too. Yep. Um, let me see if they're, they're going to forgive me. And whether you do or don't, let's say that you don't, um, they will spend the next week, months, the rest of your life, trying to manipulate, manipulate you back into a relationship with them. You do forgive them. And then it becomes a pattern of the same behavior. There are some times where, you know, the other person, you know, changes but is that a gamble that is worth taking when there are people out there that are gonna do right by you?
0: Right. And when you're young, though, that's why I'm so against. I say it all the time, I'm so against young dating. And I hate to say that, but I really am <laughs> because when you're young, you don't fucking know. And I'm telling you, girl, I used to get gaslit where it was like, you know, this person did whatever to me, and next thing you know, I'm sitting there rubbing their back. <laughs> telling them it's okay. And I'm the victim. And so it's like, when you're young, you don't, you really just don't know because you're, you're young and you just Mm -hmm. don't have the know how to be like, and and that goes back to what I was saying. Like, I wish that like my mom would have had a conversation with me about being a woman and like, you know, what to accept, what not, I never had those conversations. And if you only saw unhealthy relationships and you never had somebody really talk to you about like, don't accept this shit from people. Don't let somebody treat you like this you're gonna fucking get treated, you're gonna get mistreated, you're gonna be in fucked up relationships, you know what I'm saying, like, and it took me a minute to understand that, you know, because after I experienced it in that relationship, I took the energy from that relationship, and I started doing those same things to other people, and it was just, you know, repeating a cycle of just bullshit, because hurt people hurt people, and then you continue it, instead of being like, you know, this hurt me, why am I doing this to other people, but It just, you know, I was just young. You just don't think about it that way.
1: Yeah, I mean, these
0: are generational curses that unfortunately, you know, are
1: just now being broken for a lot of people. And um, I think that's why it's so important that in this space and also in so many other spaces, you know, celebrities are now talking about the generational curses that are even, that have, you know, haunted their families. For so long and it it normalizes the conversation. Yeah. Um, you know, because our I, I really do believe that our parents did the best that they could. And yes. you said that before. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I truly do believe, like, you know, in the times where I've had conversations with my parents, like it's almost like when when I introduce that uncomfortable conversation with them, um, their response is like, a light bulb for me like oh my gosh this is exactly why they did this or right this is why I believe that and I had compassion for them in that moment because they were just as lost as I was well
0: and that's how you become that's how you strengthen I think relationships with your parents strengthen as you get older because when you're young you're like oh my god my parents they're crazy and you're in your teenage hormonal shit and when you get older you humanize your parents and once mm-hmm. you humanize them it's easier to be like oh like I didn't realize all this shit was going on and you were under this level of stress. My mom had six kids. So when she probably want, wanted us to shut the fuck up, she probably would stressed the fuck out. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you know, it's not like anybody was talking about, go see a therapist, go talk to somebody. You know, like my mom started having kids super young and I can only imagine, um, like by the time she was what, 24, she had already had all of us mm-hmm. at 24. That's crazy, right? And so when I talk to her now just about her journey, it, it humanizes to where it's like you, you have more forgiveness of like, okay, like I don't, I'm not mad at you for this or absolutely maybe you didn't do some of this stuff perfect, but I totally get it. Cause I mean, I'm 35 and I'm a bonus parent and it's really fucking hard yeah. shaping somebody and talking to somebody that literally is dependent on you to put all this stuff in their brain. So yeah. I can't. I can never imagine at 24 having six kids. Like I can never yeah. fucking fathom that. Like I. I don't know what I would have done. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how we were able to have a better relationship with each other because I had to humanize her, just like you're saying with with your parents. Like you had to have those conversations to where the light bulb moment went off, and that's that's why it's going off because you're you're humanizing them now as adult. Now that you're adult. Exactly. Yeah. All right, we could talk about this forever. So let's go into yeah. the last part of this, and let's talk about the verses real fast before we go into thought of the week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we saw getting uh, my last, singing voice ready. We saw last Monday, um, Monica and Brandy, which I was ready. Um, and so, uh, what was your what was your thoughts on it? What was your thoughts on it? Uh.
1: oh my gosh it was such a great walk down memory lane because you know we kind of grew up with both of them honestly yeah and so many of their songs you know it it just brought back good feelings about certain or bad (laughs) about certain parts of um you know pivotal moments in my life at least um Overall, I just thought it was a vibe. Now, I, I have to say this. Jill, Scott, and Erica still are the biggest vibe when yeah. it comes to verses. Oh, my God. However, yes. this was this was like a makes-you-feel-good vibe. Um, and I really like the
0: setup, too. It was a little bit different. I like the setup because they're starting to do that now. Um, yeah. And that was actually at Tyler Perry Studio, so that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Let me just say this, though, the difference between uh, Jill and Erica and, and Monica and Brandy. Um, first of all, Jill, Jill and Erica was dropping so many freaking nuggets where you were like, yo, like I totally, I'm, I'm, I'm there, you know, and so much like celebration of each other. I think Brandy and Monica was trying to do that, but I but what I kind of appreciated, even though it was cringe worthy at times, is that it was very clear, we have not fucked with each other in a long time. I still don't know if I fuck with you, sis, but you know, we own this versus together, okay? Right because it was so much shade and it was some awkward moments in there where it was like, okay, like, can y'all just not talk to each other and let's just go back to the music because this trying to talk to each other. And then, and then honestly, another thing that I kind of picked up too, which in, which it could, it could have been us because we're in we know that like they have, they've had beef and we're in the public looking. I personally think that Monica is a straight shooter and she just chill and Brandy Brandy's awkward I think I think Brandy's an awkward black girl because she had yeah. these poems and she's kind of <laughs> bossy and so she was like kind of like trying to like 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 she has to be the facilitator of the fucking thing and I was just like like every time like she's like you, you gonna play your song like girl chill the fuck out and you got your moment to talk let her have her moment to talk and I like Brandy okay that's what I was rooting for but she kind of was bossy a little bit for me and then I didn't like how, I mean, I think when Brandy came out, Brandy, Brandy, when we were teenagers, when she was a teenager, was I think on the same level, if not higher than Beyonce at that time, you know, mm-hmm. like as far as like how big her star was at that time. I mean, Brandy was like, it was crazy. Everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And so then she had Moesha. And so like they made her, and that's why that's the thing about them childhood stars. They be fucked up because they made her be this cinderella type person all the fucking time even in her even even in her um her uh um with her label her her contract she couldn't not wear braids i just learned that recently like she had to wear she had a braid like a hair clause where she had to fucking wear braids like it was like her part of her look
1: Y'all can't see my face, but I'm just like what? Yeah, that's what I'm
0: saying. And so imagine being like where you can't do anything; you have to be like this pure, sanctified, whatever. And my understanding, Brandy ass was like thotting around Hollywood, like she was fucking everybody. And so, you know, then she got pregnant, and they made her fake marry that guy, like they weren't yeah. even married. And so it's like think about the psyche of what that does to you. Um, And that's why I think she kind of she look she look crazy. I think. Yeah.
1: I think that she definitely is, has been trying to find herself for such a long time. And I think you, okay, let's go back to what you just said about, you know, the energy and the vibe spot on because Monica is so chill. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's at least that's how she comes off. Yeah. I don't know her, but she comes off super chill, like, you know, homegirl from the block. Brandy comes off like the awkward black girl, yeah. She and when is. you put those personalities together, when especially if it's like outside of this, we would not be homegirls, you know, we can work together, um, make really great music because come on, let's be real. But at the end of the day, like, I don't rock with you like that, right? And not because I hate you, but you just not my cup of tea, like they their their personalities to me don't blend well no, not at
0: all think a about the part level. where it was one part and it was shade all throughout it was one part where here go brandy and she was like so monica's talking and she's like yeah you know that was before they gave me like media training on that and she's like oh girl i remember you didn't get media training and i'm sitting there like ooh, don't say that <laughs> i was like why the fuck would you even say that like I, i'm sitting there like why would you say that because that that could have been something that might have been like fucked up for Monica that she didn't get media training and a lot of things like mm-hmm. like she said like I didn't know like I didn't know I should not do these things or not say these things and um I don't know that that made it kind of weird for me a little bit where I'm looking at Brandy like okay girl okay sis like stop it right but overall though I mean I loved it okay so
1: and we don't have to stay here too long but you know because Brandy started so young and she wasn't like super, super young, but she was still very young. Same thing with Raven Simone. We talked about last time. And then let's even talk about Michael Jackson. I think sometimes when you are in the, the spotlight that young and tailored to be a certain type of person, right? Like it, it really just like freezes your childhood. And so while there are certain things that we've seen mature in Brandy, there really could be other things where you know boundaries don't exist for certain people I so think, a comment like that i think is overstepping
0: boundaries right i agree yeah
1: and for her maybe that's normal and um she would say that to anybody but for some people it's like you can only say that in private you know public praise private criticism right um Because I thought that was a very real moment for Monica to just, that's what I love about these verses is that you see like the human side of some of your artists that you're not going to get in um, interviews and you're not going to see on stage. And so for her to say that, I thought was, I mean, maybe she has t- said that in interviews. I don't know for sure, but I thought that was, like, super dope for her. I to- did, too.
0: And I think also, and another thing I want to point out is that I still think that Brandy, and I could be wrong, but I still picked up that Brandy is still trying to be this, like, holier than thou person. Like, you're a grown-ass woman, and I don't know how old they are now, like, 40 or whatever the fuck they are, but, um, and you're seeing her talking about when, when Monica was doing that part and she was talking about, like, the whole part. And she's like, mm. my daughter's watching. Are you insane? <laughs> are you ins- Are you insane? Like, that blew my mind because like Monica was looking at her like, girl, my kids know who my kids know who I am. Like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I mean, it's like, your daughter is like a teenager and everything else. And like, what are you talking about? Where you acting like people aren't gonna cuss or like can't cuss or use the word hoe on the verses?
1: Honey, she's on TikTok. But she's putting
0: on though. airs though. I don't know. I thought she was putting on airs. I was like, Brandy, my daughter's but- watching. In some what? of those situations, I think Brandy is a jokester.
1: That's how she comes off to me. So some of those things I didn't take seriously from her because she she just... I don't know. I watched her reality TV show when she was on there. She just seemed, like, really, like, light and funny most of the time. Shady at times. Um, <laughs> you like, girl, shut
0: up. <laughs> I, I just... <laughs> And the thing is, I was like, I like Brandy, and I love all Brandy CDs. Really, I'm I'm a big Brandy fan. But she she kind of threw me sometimes in that verses. I was like, girl, stop yeah. it right now. The biggest
1: threw me was the the poems. Um, <laughs> girl, put the notebook down. Unless you need notes on what was happening in your life at the time she, of this song, that's what we care about, but she not had about your
0: structure of how she's like. Hold on a second. I don't want this to go out of the way. Let me. Are you crazy? Put that notebook down. Are you crazy? Like I was like, girl, when she wrote that poem for Ray J, I was just like, okay, girl.
1: I couldn't tell if Monica was like, Oh dang, I didn't bring no poems either. Or if
0: she was like, girl, what the hell? (laughs) I think Monica was like, What the hell? Because she was over there, she was over there kicking it, like, okay, girl, patting her little hair and stuff. So I don't know, like it was it was funny though i think i think me and you text like the whole entire time and so we laughed pretty much the whole time and so it was funny but it but i it was so many songs i was like yo i haven't heard some of this shit in forever
1: i and i was like yo i haven't never heard some of this shit
0: Uh, oh my god i enjoyed but- it though i enjoyed it so much but yeah but Brandy used to be a holo. well so this whole thing that she putting up this whole whatever i'd be thrown off because i'm like girl
1: well she was definitely wearing her hoe shoes okay. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, i just could not get past and i have to say this real quick um i just could not get past monica's outfit like every other song i was back trying to figure out what was
0: going on and then, it was every, then when i was on twitter they're like she is snatched girl <laughs> uh, uh, just because you have on name brand okay like exactly. that's that wasn't it sis that was not it like oh, no. i was just like what in the world is going on like because it was like a it did a, did a snap under. What was those things back in the day that you, that the you wore? The
1: bodysuit.
0: <laughs> it <just> snapped. That's, <laughs> that's what
1: it needed to be, a bodysuit. Did it but, go under, though? I think it No, went under. I think that it was just tailored. I think that it was just a tailored. See, you see how much energy we put into this? We don't know. know. It was like, a course, I, corset. That, that's what it looked like, that it was just like tailored below her waist. But, but her, I thought it went under. Church, no honey those were those were (laughs) those were pants like
0: and what material was the pants
1: pleather (laughs) sunday church pleather and they were baggy in places where they should i was so confused this is what it should have looked like no hat because the fendi on fendi was killing me it was too much Fendi. it was okay so let's get rid of the hat and then the shirt like the top part of it was like super cute but it should have been because she's small she has a small frame so it should have been fitted and it could have been like a a cat suit like a bodysuit, and then those pants could have been thigh high boots
0: okay but they would have had to
1: been closed toe though um because at the bottom of her feet i i wasn't understanding what that's uh I missed some songs because I really was stuck on what she was wearing. Well,
0: both of them I was stuck on, so because I didn't know what the <laughs> fuck Brandy had on either. So um, I liked
1: it. And now you like Brandy's outfit, the the kitten, the kitten white shoes. I didn't like those,
0: but those yeah, shoes. I'm uh, sure they probably was some kind of name brand mule or something, but I don't know what the fuck those were. And then, pff, no, I didn't know. I oof, no, I mean,
1: it was weird for the setting, but. Um, I didn't mind her outfit at all but I, I'm an awkward black girl at times so
0: I didn't know what she had on I just I, I don't know I don't know what that none of that was I didn't like okay. it I didn't like <laughs> either one so I just kind of like but I more so was stuck more on Brandy's house shoes <laughs> than I was on anything I, every time she'll start talking and, and like even when she's singing I kept floating down to her house shoes because they were just hanging over the chair down there and I oh was like God. what is this down there
1: I was just about to say, like, both of them were sitting really awkward on the chair. So I don't know if those chairs were uncomfortable or what, but it did draw attention. It did draw attention to the awkward behavior, though, because I'm like, it's almost like it took Monica, like, you know, 10 songs to really sit back in the chair.
0: They kept saying, Don't be going. Like, they they put a post, I guess, because everybody was going into my you can't read body language, but their body language was off. I mean, it was just kind of, I mean, you're slouched down, you know, some parts like Monica was like slouched down, like sliding off the seat, and so (laughs) it was weird. Um, but I mean, but I will say this much let me also give some of the positives about the verses. This was this hit 1.2 million at one point, like the highest ever versus out of all of them. Um, yes. I think Jill Scott and Erica hit 1 million at one time, um, and every since then, I think they've streamed. I think their songs have streamed since last Monday. 20 million streams. Is that not yes. fucking crazy? It's actually uh, 20.1. I think. God, uh, it's crazy. 20. Right. It's actually but- 20.1. <laughs> <laughs> what? i'm just trying to make sure the people got the real (laughs) facts what is happening okay okay brandy and monica um (laughs) yeah and i love how this
1: does it you know what i'm saying like this was a spot on for both of them yeah they both have new music you know out and so for an artist it's super important i mean shoot missy elliott probably even got some extra streams in there
0: yeah and i was listening to something the other day and it makes and it actually what they said makes so much sense they were like imagine if this was without the verses form imagine if like brandy and monica just came to somebody and was like yeah we have this idea they were like that they feel like you know the music energy probably would have shot them down saying like your time is coming and gone and it's just showing how like they still have like staying power and like they're for the culture and people still love and enjoy this music like i actually think when the world opened up they actually could really do a fucking tour right, that was well. that would sell the hell out you know like easily i would be there would oh yeah go. i
1: would too brandy would definitely be there but monica was looking at her like girl i'm not coming on no <laughs> girl, tour <with> you.
0: <laughs> girl, okay when she said that she was like Bish.
1: Right, she actually was looking like, um "Can you please don't touch me? It's COVID
0: out here." <laughs> oh man, I, would that totally, thing. I would totally be there for that. Oh, I would too. That thing was so shady, though. God knows that thing was so shady, and it was so necessary. I mean, I, I like literally laughed the most and the hardest I've laughed in so long watching that, and like mm-hmm. getting all the like uh the memes and all that stuff. Like, it was just hilarious, so, so hilarious. Funny. I enjoyed it so much. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to say about the verses before we move on to the start of the week?
1: Um, well, who do you think should be next on verses.
0: I don't know because they've been saying so many, um, so many different ones that I'm like uh, here's the thing. Um, you have you have to have a certain amount of records, and that's the thing. So I saw exactly. one they were like SWV and Escape Me to go, but how sway? How many songs they gonna like? I mean, how long this verse is gonna be? Thirty minutes? So <laughs> you have to you have to have somebody to have CDs, yeah, like, records. Really and truly, at the end of that verses, Monica started to start fizzle out some because Monica has a lot of hit singles. She don't have mm. a lot of hit, you know, CDs. Brandy has CDs. Yeah. I mean, Full Moon alone, you could get about four or five bangers off of there alone. Right. Um, and so it's like, what people didn't realize is, and they're all like talking about Monica, I'm like, y'all don't realize when she hit you with the, um, what, Have You Ever or whatever, that was at the end, Brandy still had more songs she could have done.
1: Yeah. Because she didn't easily. even do,
0: she didn't even do all of them. So right. you have to have, um. So so they went three hours. So I have no idea who could be next because who has the I, I don't know. It's I don't know. Because I'm I'm thinking about the standpoint of like, I mean, there's so many I would love to see that we're not gonna see. Cause I mean, you know, they'll probably feel like their star is too bright, but I would love to see Jay-Z and Nas. I mean, it's a lot that I would love to see, but oh, you know, wow, we yeah. we wouldn't see. But correct. Um shit. We um uh, it's a lot that I would love to see but I don't I have no idea who could be next because you got to have songs yeah yeah that's true lots of them that's true so um yeah but I I love verses though I think um this is probably one of the best things that's come out of COVID is is them doing these because so many people look forward to this stuff I yeah. think it gives, it gives so much happiness in so many different ways. And music is something that always gives somebody, uh, that level of happiness. So, yeah, I think, I think, um, I think versus is dope. I, I don't know who could be next, but <laughs> this is why I love black people. I'm telling you, this is black culture.
1: It is. Okay. Nobody else is doing this shit. I know. But black people are breaking the internet literally.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, also I think it shows us to how, um, i mean obviously these artists who are they who these artists are who they are because of our support but um we also kind of like drive whether or not somebody can come back like swv coming back a couple of years ago was mm-hmm. like because of us mm-hmm. we wanted to see them same thing with escape so um and then versus gives them a whole nother platform to kind of um Reinvent,
0: yeah and then you you, usually it gives you a chance to reminisce too Mm -hmm. because i I know i had a night full of that i was like i remember this song (laughs) i has some breakup songs in there um (laughs) all right so let's just move on to the thought of the week we're going to discuss some self-care So Elena, me and you have had this conversation quite a bit in regards to self-care. I wanted to talk a little bit about self-care this week because last week I did talk a little bit about how, you know, this year has just been, you know, just full of just uh, so much, you know, we're still in the middle of civil unrest and, you know, we're still having the uprising and then we're going into the, you know, voting. And I feel like every day, sometimes we're in an episode of scandal Like I'm waiting for (laughs) Olivia Pope to pop out somewhere. And um, it just feels like just pure craziness all the time. And so I think when you get like that, having a high level of self-care is really important. And also today we're going to talk about just self-care. What does that look like? And then we're going to kind of dissect some of Elena's self-care and um, we're going to go into it. So today, uh, let's talk about self-care. So Elena, me and you have talked personally about um, you know, self-care and you've talked about your struggles with self-care even right now, like, you know, if you've been in the house all the time and things like that. Um, what do you feel like kind of halts you from self-care?
1: Um, I think it's a couple of things. I have a I have a need to overachieve <laughs> at times, and that is definitely in my career. Um, and I think also, you know, my friends, oh, come see me, hang out and balancing that sometimes is really difficult because when you're, when you're pouring into other people, you know, sometimes you're pouring from an empty cup. Um, and I haven't always said no the way that I really, really need to, because coupled with that no would then be me doing something that is, you know, beneficial to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I think that's like the biggest part. And, and a lot of times I think I just get caught up in like the every day, you know, um, I'm, I'm a creative. So if there's something that sparks my interest and and it's not always like fun and self-care to me, but it's challenging. Um, I tend to just be tunnel vision and really just lose track of time, yeah. even for like not just a day, not just a couple of hours, but sometimes like weeks. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Have I? When's the last time I went to sleep? Like literally.
0: Yeah. And what's funny about that, it's not funny, but it's funny about that you've always been like that, like even <laughs> when we were in undergrad. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I think that. I I talked to you about, you know, do you think all of this is due to like time management, which you kind of answered. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's important to, it can be hard as a creative and people really don't understand that. Like I'm constantly thinking about my show or, you know, if I see something, I'm grabbing it to save for later and, you know, text messaging it to myself and all that stuff where you have to constantly, you know, when you're creative, you're constantly thinking about, you know, being creative or, you know, what you need to be, what you need to do. And you can't, and sometimes like, I can get up in the middle of the night sometimes and have the right stuff down because you forget, you know, like right. stuff pop, you kind of have to go with it. And so um, it's kind of like that for you. And so I think that, so I guess my next question is like, you you usually work from the office, but the pre COVID days, but now you've pretty much been working at home. Do you think that that's kind of played a part in like you forgetting to kind of turn work off or turn your you know extracurricular stuff off? That and also because there's nothing else going on that I want to be a part of.
1: Like, yeah, the, you know, other things are starting to open up and, um, you know, it's becoming a little more comfortable for people to hang out together, but those boundaries have definitely been blurred because of COVID. So it's like, you know, I could turn this computer off and not work on this. And a lot of times I do. So there's that. But when I don't, I'm like, I mean, all I'm going to go do is get back onto a device, the TV. (laughs) Right. And watch Netflix. Um, Or I could talk on the phone, but I'm not really a phone person. So that makes it difficult for me to, you know, turn one thing off um, and then go do something else that's
0: maybe not as enjoyable. So, right now with you trying to figure out, figure out your self-care, like what, what is your idea of self-care? Like what is self-care for you?
1: So one thing that was really big, especially during COVID was unplugging from social media, honestly, because it's an overload for me. Um, You know, I, I have to say there are some days where I'm scolding and I'm like, just dying laughing the whole time because there are a lot of funny memes and videos (laughs) I mean everybody's a comedian these days right um but then sometimes it's really heavy you know like actually there was a couple of months ago um I had to unplug because I'm in grad school so I'm like I gotta get this work done and it was a distraction um so I missed a lot of the height of the civil unrest that was happening And like people literally had to text me or during conversations like, oh my gosh, can you believe? And I'm like, what are you talking about? But it was so necessary for me to do that because I had to recharge and reset myself emotionally and just allow myself to refocus. Some of the other things that I do are um, that I have liked doing in the past that I don't do as much as I should now, Um, pedicures. Um, it may seem like, you know, normal for some people, but that's kind of a luxury to me. Um, so, you know, going and sit in the salon and letting somebody else do my, my, uh, my feet is just that self-care. Um, I have back issues. So going to do a massage and just like a 90 minute massage, um, again so I'm I'm cheap so all these things that cost money I don't want to do but um they are a part of my self-care routine because it's someone else it's, it's letting someone else do something where I can just kind of like mindlessly sit there
0: yeah that's the same way I feel about my hair <laughs> I'm a lazy natural so mm-hmm. my locks I'm like I'm gonna pay some money but you know what was interesting about what you said was um I was watching something the other day, and I think I told you this about. They were talking about like you know how it's been difficult for people to figure out what is their new um, self care routine mm-hmm. because, like you just stated, um, yours was getting a, getting a massage or getting a pedicure, and like those were closed for a little while. Yeah, now they're back open. But shit, like I personally enjoy getting my um, my nails and toes done too and like getting a little wax on my eyebrows, right? My eyebrows is looking kind of crazy, even now. <laughs> I, I try to do something myself, but I don't really even know how, because it's not really my thing. And so um, w- since they've opened back up, I still haven't been in a um in a nail salon or anything, just because I just feel like it's just too tight quarters for me, and I just haven't even felt compelled to go. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of the same thing you're saying. And so I was listening to this thing the other day, and it was just talking about how, You know, a lot of people find upliftment through church or, um, you know, going uh, running or doing all these different things that, like, you know, those things were, like, not running because outside is still open, but, like, races and stuff. Like, that's actually part of my self-care. Like, Mm -hmm. I haven't done a race all year, and I usually do 10, 15 races, and it's fun for me. Like, I set a goal to where I need to be in shape for this and like so even my like self-care of my body has fallen off right Mm -hmm. and so um it was just saying that like now people have to create these different these new self-care routines because their norm and things that help them mentally and help them like give themselves joy and happiness they no longer have I mean think about it. some people yeah you have virtual church But imagine like you being able to go in church and feel the spirit amongst people and like, you know, have somebody like press on your back and pray for you and all these things that you haven't had all year. Yeah. You know, like for some people that that is what they look forward to in church is their everything. I can only imagine how they feel right now. Like not being able to have, you know, dinners at church and things like that. Like it, it has to be a level of difficulty. And so I think my question for you is like, what do you feel like, for you personally, like the effects of not having a self-care, um, regimen, like it's like for you? Um, I think it makes time,
1: it, it, it warps or skews, like the sense of how much time has gone by because normally another self-care thing for me is traveling. Like I actually really like to drive. So it's, it's really calming. So if I'm going to visit a friend that's in New York or, um dc um atlanta whatever those are long drives so it gives me time to you know have my my car um concerts (laughs) love singing in the car Um, just driving Um, not being able to do that though um i mean i know some people are like just do it and I, i just really am that cautious Yeah. Um, but not being able to do that, I think just makes me forget how long we've been in this quote unquote quarantine stage. And it's a really long time. It also makes me overthink some things because I have a lot of time to sit in my thoughts. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, and honestly,
0: entirely too much.
1: Yeah. And honestly, as much as I'm still connected to people, um, Sometimes I, I find myself wasting more time. I feel like I'm wasting time, actually. I mean, for some people, it's like, you know, that is their self-care is doing nothing. Um, and for me, that's only true partially. Yeah. I like doing things, um, you know, DIY projects. Um, but yeah,
0: I think that's probably the biggest thing. I try to do nothing, Um, like, tomorrow, uh, well, when you guys hear this, it will be Labor Day, like, I'm off work, and I mean, I'm going to try to do nothing, like, play the video game or something, or try to do something, like, you know, read a book, but um, I read all the time, so that's me still doing something, but um, it's hard to not do anything, like, for me, like, and that's something I try to, I try to do nothing more often, because my brain, like, sometimes I feel like it's never going to shut off. Um, and so I have to try to put in some self-care. Um, I actually went and pulled up on psychology today, like what, you know, um, what can some of the effects be with neglecting your personal care? So I'm going to just kind of read some of this a little bit. So neglecting personal care can cause increases in anxiety, distractibility, anger, and fatigue. You may also experience decreases in sleep, relationship satisfaction, self-esteem, empathy, and compassion. Um, and I think this is really valid. I, I think I've seen a lot of this even in myself, like during this time where now I'm like, I'm really trying to focus on like, okay, Mika, like, you know, I had to sit and think about all the things that I haven't been doing since um, COVID. And even though like I work from home, and I'm used to being at home, and that was already my norm. But I had to also take consideration, like, I was home alone. So I didn't have, like, my entire family here the whole entire time I was home as well. So it's almost like I never get a break to kind of, like, kind of, like, turn that off. Yeah. You know, because even though I'm working, I'm still, like, answering questions. And I'm still doing this when, like, before I could just focus on, like, having a podcast playing, you know, with me working. And, like, I'm kind of, like, in peace. Right? Yeah. Yeah not saying I'm not in peace with them but you get what I'm saying and so it's like you know then I started thinking about like I told you about my races like I would run you know all the time and set like goals during the week like okay Mika you need to hit 20 miles this week because you got a race coming and I had like time goals that I was trying to hit for my races and that really propelled me throughout the year and I did things with my friends like a lot of my race friends that like I did run group with and all that we haven't seen each other all year and I didn't even think about it till we sent a group chat I'm like god I haven't seen them all year Mm-hmm. Like people that I'm used to seeing like multiple times all throughout the year, multiple times during the week. Yeah. That I haven't literally physically seen you all year. And we we've been talking through text message. And then, so when you start actually really thinking about the things that like you aren't doing as far as like, you know, just your, you know, self care and things like that, it, it kind of blew me away to where like I told myself personally that going into the the next stages of finishing up 2020 I'm going to really put more effort in my personal self-care. Cause I also feel like even for me, like I haven't been doing some of the things that I probably should be doing or in the past by now would have been doing so much more just like crap. Like, you know, even down to like visiting family and all that, like I usually see my sister uh, multiple times all throughout the year. And like, I've seen Montrese twice since March. And it's September and I usually see my sister like every other week feels like, you know, every three weeks, something like that. And we've seen each other literally twice and it, and you don't realize how it makes you sad. It, yeah. it brings you down, you know, when it you does. think about it. And
1: even like my parents, you know, they're getting older and mm. they're divorced. So they live in two different places and just trying to make sure I'm conscious of, you know, not Accidentally touching the gas—not accidentally, but you know, touching the gas um, pump—and then going to see them. You know what I mean? Like yeah. all the precautions of trying to make sure I don't expose them in in ways that I'm like, it's okay if I touch something at the grocery store and something happens to me because I live by myself. But then to go see them, I haven't seen my parents all year. <laughs> Actually, like it's September, and I have not physically seen my parents all year. Um, one of the ways that I know that, well, I'm, I'm so grateful for people in my life who are like truly in my corner. Cause they, they can pick up on my cues yeah. that I don't always know that I'm giving off. And so, um, there was, I think it was like maybe two years ago. Um, and my supervisor, uh, she, I mean, she was brand new to her position and I don't know what I said or did, but she was like, when's the last time you took some time off? <laughs> Basically like, girl, you need to take some time off because right. you're doing a lot right now. And um, I appreciated that. But I also have friends who have kind of given me the same pulse check. Like, you know, take some time to yourself and take care of. You do something that you enjoy doing. Just yeah. go out and have a good time. Um, in COVID times, um, It's kind of the same thing. Like I have friends who just, you know, randomly will be like, hey, I'm checking on you because they know that I can get tunnel vision. So I feel like my friends probably take care of me better than I take care of myself. Yeah. Um, Including you. You're like, you know, you're very cognizant of um, behaviors and the things that people are saying or doing. Um, And and so you've really kind of checked me at times to just as a reminder and so for, for me, sometimes what I do too is, and this sounds like elementary, I think to some people, but I literally have to put something on my calendar and say, today you need to do this yeah. <laughs> because again, like time is just warped right now for me. Um, and sometimes it's like that just in general, because I'm, I'm an overzealous person when it comes to, and, and sometimes a perfectionist when yeah. it comes to you know, what I'm doing, a project that I'm working on, either personally or for work. And it just, I lose track of time. Um, And also sometimes it makes me feel like I'm being selfish, I think is another reason why I don't always practice self-care the way that I should. Um, Because some of my self-care practices are um, not just like a couple hours, it's like a couple of days,
0: But it doesn't matter though. I think that's the misconception of self-care is that people feel like it's selfish, but sometimes you have to be selfless when it comes to yourself. Absolutely. Like when it comes to your mental health and you feeling okay, and you having a little bit of happy for yourself, you got to take that shit. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter, you know, because I think a lot of times people struggle with self-care because they think it's being selfish. Like Mm -hmm. prime example, one of my best friends, like she had a baby and I told her, I'm like, girl, you got a husband at home and especially like a good husband. They actually like don't mind having a baby, you know, cause some men be like, oh, I'm not going to have a baby. I'm <laughs> like, girl, tell him, you know, you are going to take your longer bath today, you know, go in that bathroom, lock that door, put, you know, light you some candles, put you some music on, even if it's foreign, like 30 minutes. And enjoy your time. And because you have to do self-care, especially with a baby, you know, but I'm like, especially if you don't have people saying, like, if you cannot, like, don't have people complaining about whatever and don't mind, you know, helping you and you have a village, I'm like, take advantage of the village. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? like, go have time for yourself. You know, even if it's a little bit of time, Mm -hmm. she enjoys reading. I'm like, don't not read. You know, like take your time for yourself. You know, and the baby will be there when you get out the bathroom. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so, a lot of times people struggle with that because they're like, "Oh, I'm," I, you know, "I feel bad," or you know, whatever. I'm like, girl, don't feel bad because you have. If if you if you have poured out everything in your love tank, everything to everybody else, and you not one time have done anything to refill it, well, if you're depleted, how how like what good are you gonna be to anybody else and yourself? Because once you get depleted. And you all raggedy now. What are you going to
1: do? Listen, that is so real. You cannot yeah. pour from an empty cup.
0: You cannot. You cannot. And the thing is, is that unfortunately we live in a world where even if your shit is empty as hell, people are going to still be trying to take from it. You okay. Know? Down. <laughs> it's empty. You know, like you don't even have nothing for yourself and you mm-hmm. you're still taking from you. So, yeah, you know, you have to be able to refill that. And that, that to me starts with. Um, self-care and that's why I always talk about it as much as I can and just trying to figure out what self-care looks like even during COVID because I've even I've had to change um, my self-care and to be honest with you my biggest self-care like besides going out in nature um which is free and uh you know I read and I mean I have books every fucking where in this house I know people are like goodness gracious girl but that's like my escapism like just fall in love with a story and characters and really you know just kind of leaving my life for a little bit that's what it feels like like I'm immersed in this story and so that has helped me tremendously this entire year really and truly like that probably has been my saving grace and I would have never known going into January setting a reading goal for myself was going to be my main highlight of my entire 2020 And and it has been and it's been so cool to just kind of like have that and like talk to people about reading and now my friends like they're reading and we're like in a reading group together and so we literally sit and talk about books and i'm like is this our new normal now is this what we're is this what we're doing like look like this is what we have to look forward to and like i think that's what it is right now like we look forward to getting our books in the mail yeah you know
1: well and and i I mean we talked about some self-care things that are you know they're kind of they're not big but they're kind of like they're kind of big Sometimes for me self-care is as simple as, you know, when I realize that I've been going for too long, literally just getting up, walking away from if it's the computer, a phone, whatever, and just going outside and getting some fresh air and laughing at the neighbors. Like cuz sometimes my my neighbors do some stuff and I'm like, "Girl, what is that?" <laughs> but um, you know, something as simple as that sometimes is self-care and also um, one of my goals, this is so sad that it has to be a goal, but I had to literally make it a goal is to be gentle with myself. And so just really checking myself um periodically, that's part of self-care too.
0: Yeah. Am I
1: being kind to me?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Am I being gentle with um, you know, not beat myself up if I miss a goal or if I miss um, you know doing something that somebody else wanted me to do. Like, I I never realized how much I sometimes, um, and I think this is relevant to self-care, and again, the whole selfish thing, um, how much sometimes I could come off as a people pleaser. I think that sometimes I am a people pleaser. And sometimes when you are a people pleaser, self-care is not the first thing that
0: you think about no it's not and that's good insight though you know honestly a lot of people don't even realize that about themselves so that's good insight to have about yourself though yeah but that people pleasing shit is rough it is because you're giving, giving 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 you don't give to yourself
1: yeah you know and or then sometimes honest. i'll say yes and then i'll just not do it and then
0: that's terrible too yeah yeah <laughs> that too yep totally agree um okay so i have this other article where is and i'm going to put these articles in the notes so if you guys want to check them out but this one was for is from psychology today and it's just about how to lower your coronavirus anxiety so i want to just read the five things that they have um okay steps to lower anxiety the first one is limit news stop binging on news programs and limit yourself to reliable sources like the cdc Take advantage of video services. Use video services like Zoom to schedule virtual dates with friends or to check in with relative parents and extended family. Three, maintain structure. Anxiety spikes when structure falls apart. Try your best to maintain consistent sleeping and eating habits and keep a steady exercise routine. That's actually uh, really important because I think with um, COVID and now with so many parents back in this like virtual school with their kids, yo, crazy. Four, increase self-care, which we just talked about. During traumatic times, it's essential to avoid self-neglect and increase self-care. Practice self-soothing activities such as journaling or meditation or seek support from therapists, family, or religious communities. Avoid movies or news programs that increase fears, especially before bedtime. That's really important. That actually was really important right there because... um, I read sometimes before bed. Well, every night I read before bed. And so I have mm-hmm. to actually think about what I'm reading before bed. Girl, yes. Being there fucking waking up, looking crazy. <laughs> and um, number five is do a tech, tech detox, which we talked about this. Turn off your phone, close your laptop, switch off the television constant stimulation causes anxiety to spin out of control and so I think definitely with everything going on more and more I've had to be off of social media and it sucks because I use my social media for this platform as well and so a lot of times I'm very neglectful even on my podcast um, social media just because I have to disconnect and you know especially right now and just step away um, from looking at half the shit you know I mean, you can't. I don't even want to go into. I've got to talk about uh, these these COVID briefings, and it's absolutely crazy. Like, even you can't even rely on the president to give you a, a valid COVID briefing, and so it's just like you get you m- most days. I feel like I'm pissed off, or I'm just over here, just like it's crazy. You know, like just so you you start becoming negative. You know, yeah. so yeah, um, I have to disconnect a lot from um my phone and social media, and so I try to do that as much as I can. To be honest with you yeah um but yeah but this was good um, was there anything else that you want to throw in in regards to just like uh the importance of self-care or you think we covered everything
1: i think we did cover everything um i just think that you know for some people self-care is like sec- second nature and then for people like me um it really has to be an intentional thing you know again just um putting in calendar reminders. It it may sound ridiculous, but honestly, sometimes it's just like like right now if I was going to take a trip, that would be in my calendar. Not that I was going to forget on, when that trip was going to happen, but just right. like as a a placeholder. But um also booking out like I know people are still kind of up in the air about going to salons and things. I don't think that I'll get my pedicures anytime, but I, I am going to go get a massage, um, you know, just and just take the same precautions that I would take if I was going to the grocery store, you know. Right. And just also see you know the the setup that that company has like i mean there are some places that i would not trust but then there are some other places that you know they don't want any bad rap for their business either so they're not going to do anything crazy um yeah i mean just being intentional i think is really important when it comes to self self-care
0: yeah and I appreciate your honesty, uh, you know, with this conversation, cause I know it's not always easy to talk about things that we probably could work on as people, but, um, yeah, I just think, I don't think it sounds weird when you saying that you have to be intentional with it. A lot of people um, have to be intentional with certain things. And like, for me, like, um, self-care is important, but even I sometimes, um, can get caught up in being too selfless, um, and not selfish enough. And, you know, where like, I need to put myself first. And so, um, I think that's something that everybody probably could sit and just think about. Um, So I wanted to have this conversation today, and I wanted to give you guys a whole episode because we haven't had a whole episode in a while. But um, I also want to let you know, too, that um, um, I won't have an episode next week. So this will be the first week of No, It's Just My Thoughts next week. Um, So take the time to catch up on some old episodes. Um, If you haven't listened to some of them, there's plenty there. Uh, but I will be backpacking in the Great Smoky Mountains next weekend. And so I was going to try to get an episode out early for you, but um, I didn't want to give you just like a rush type thing during the week because I'm leaving um, like Thursday and I'll be gone the entire weekend. So I uh, definitely won't have time to record before then, but um, I'm definitely still around. I'm gonna Give Elena a chance to pub her social medias and then I'll, I'll give you guys mine and we'll wrap this up. So Elena, is there anything that you want to plug today? I know we kind of went over in your episode, but um you want to get your social medias or anything? Um
1: I can do it again. Uh I think I gave it to it wrong the last time, but you put it in the the um the comments right. Okay. Or the not comments. Episode. You, what yes. okay. you know what I'm saying? Yes. You know what I'm saying. Um, but uh kaleidoscope. I do graphic design. So um you can hit me up on Instagram, Facebook, um, graphics by kaleidoscope. Um, CaliDesigner.com is the website. And then also um, graphics at calidesigner.com is my email address.
0: Um, so yeah. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today, E. And also you can you can find it's just my thoughts um, streaming on pretty much every platform um, that's for streaming. So it's iHeartRadio, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple, Google, um, Pandora, pretty much everywhere. And also my social media. So on Instagram is um, at it's just my thoughts underscore podcast. My Twitter is at IJMT podcast. If you ever have any questions or uh, you want to be a guest, you can always email me at um, IJMT podcast at gmail.com. Like always, I thank you so much for listening, it's Mika here, and I appreciate you.